Well, hello and welcome once again to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. I am Phil and with me is Dave and today we're talking once again about 1997's LA Confidential. It's a uh, banger. It's a classic. It's just great. Dave, how are you doing, buddy? How did you enjoy the movie? Talk to me. Uh, well, Phil, as you know, we've seen this movie once before. Well, you've seen it multiple times before, but I watched it, um, I think you watched it in 2018? 20 yeah, that's not right. Anyways, anyways, um, so I was looking forward to uh, getting into it again because it's such a star-studded cast. Uh, you can't really go wrong. Great stories, so... Uh, I enjoyed it once again. Tried to focus on some different things and see if I missed anything the first time around. So it's an interesting story. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it was a, well, a good did watch. You, did you enjoy it uh, this this particular viewing? Uh, what are your what are your what are your thoughts? Think, your initial feelings? I think once again, as I've been plagued for months, Phil, as I don't ha- quite yet have my setup. Oh gosh. I know, I know. It's right around the corner. Everything should be good to go this weekend. Um, uh, we ordered the wrong size um, TV mount. We have um, two foot stub um, studs, not a uh, foot and a half. Um, so it's shipped. That'll get you every time. That'll get you every time. Yeah, it's coming tomorrow. Uh, so we'll get the TV up, and then I got a long list of movies that. Uh, I want to watch with the new surround sound setup. So I'd say you probably heard a little bit of that because the setup now is just, uh, it doesn't ensconce me. It doesn't uh, uh, get me into it as much as my old setup, I, I must admit. And that's, I, I find that oddly, it uh, really does affect the overall enjoyment of a film. Um, I find once you're really kind of, you got the good stuff, right? Like you're, you're downgrading and you're, uh, you know, it's, it, it does affect the experience. I don't like to say it, but it does. And that's good because I spend a lot of money on it. So uh, that's right. You, so, I, I was going to say, if you really want to really just make it that much better and sweeter, you may want to, you may want to nod. You may want to give that a try. <laughs> the movies, uh, they really pop. If you take a good 10, 15 minute nap in the middle of it, it really oh. comes back strong. <laughs> I figured that was just good for replayability. <laughs> that's right. Everything is new again. Yeah, Every time. Oh, I, I didn't see this uh, last time. Uh, everything, yeah. Let's talk about this part because it's the only part I remember. Uh, <laughs> but, but I still can't argue the uh, great performances of, of the cast and, and, and the time of in their career um, as well. So I mean, we got lots to talk about. That's why one thing I like about the, uh, when we have that movie with such uh, uh, a strong cast that we, we, we there's lots of uh, lots, lots of meat and potatoes that we can dive into and and discuss about uh so yeah still enjoyed it probably not as quite as, as much as the last time where we watched it together you nodded i had my eyes peeled <laughs> i don't really have any recollection of uh, of the last time with you to be uh, completely frank and honest with you but i do have memories of uh, of the movie uh upon release so uh ultimately okay. uh but i i probably nodded when we watched it uh, all those years ago uh, yes you've not every uh, through every film <laughs> anyways uh, <laughs> I, I, of course i want to ask the the usual the usual question uh, we're not gonna mix up to a, a winning formula here um why <laughs> why did you choose la confidential what was it that uh, sparked your um your interest in choosing this movie well i've got a i got a real jack vincent's answer for you 
I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other than uh, it's just uh, it's a it's a movie that I have such fond memories of, and I think you know we're we're watching you know Miller's Crossing, and then sat through the the don't say misery. The misery that was uh, Last Man Standing. And so I wanted a little bit of a palate cleanser. Uh, I love a crime movie. I think we'll visit a number of them over the over the coming years and weeks. Uh, it's uh, It just makes for great storytelling. And I think this really is, uh, is one of the best. I love the time period. I love the cast, as you mentioned, and uh, the pedigree. You know, uh, director Curtis Hansen, you know, he's made some movies that I... I really loved. I, I really enjoyed uh, the hand that rocks the cradle. Um, I liked the River Wild, which was right before this, and right after this movie, he made one of my favorite movies of uh, of certainly of two thousand, uh, Wonder Boys. Uh, made Eight Mile uh, as well, um, and then written by uh, Brian Helgeland, whom I had remembered because he wrote uh, one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies. He wrote uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four. Awesome. And ended up, it's the it's one of the best ones. Certainly, the Dream Master. It's a high quality film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they both uh, collectively, collaboratively, uh, won the Oscar uh, for this movie. And he went on to to write and direct uh, movies like uh, Knight's Tale, and uh, he wrote Assassins uh, with uh, Stallone and Banderas for uh, Richard Donner, who sadly recently passed away. So, um, you know, again, the pedigree, I was on a real big Kevin Spacey kick, you know, this is 97. He had already been in, um, you know, usual suspects and, uh, swimming with sharks, I believe, you know, and, uh, negotiator, I believe was the next year. So he was just on a real hot streak from 90, uh, giving Gary Glenn Ross in 93 or two. So, you know, just a real stretch of, of, of quality work. Um, so seeing his name, I had never heard of Russell Crowe nor, uh, Guy Pierce, but uh, there were enough, you know, enough quality. Uh, and Kim Basinger, obviously, I knew from Batman. Um, so just a, a cast from hell, and I, I knew that uh, all those pieces would would meet, make a, a movie that I wanted to see. I didn't see it in theater. Um, it was a little bit before I was seeing everything I could in the theater, so it was very much a, a video store rental or a pay per view, uh, you know, uh, theft. <laughs> as uh, as it was uh, you know black boxed into the the old Nazarella household, but uh, I mean, I loved it then, and and I thought you know I wanted to I wanted to get a clean uh, clean taste of my mouth after the garbage that you brought. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I first saw this movie when it came out when it was uh, um, yes first. Um, I don't know if you knew that. <clears throat> I don't know if that's true. Anyways. It got uh, great reviews when it was released in France, and then it came to U.S. theaters. And it was only a budget of thirty-five million. I don't know if that's low or high, uh, but it's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, eighty bucks is a lot of money for me, but um, but it made I think two hundred twenty-six million worldwide. I think it ended up making, and as you mentioned, uh, uh, got some Oscars and some Oscar nominations and wins. I believe you said so. Um, I didn't realize it was an, it was an adaptation, I believe, of a book or a series yeah. of books. Yeah, it was uh, a James Elroy novel. Um, yes, yes. It's, it's it's relatively 
I would say relatively loosely based on that novel. Um, by all accounts, I've never read the novel. It is much too uh, too thick and dense for me. But um, yeah, I heard it was very very different from the book, though it was faithful in, in some of the like the broader um, yeah things. But uh, as an example, I believe uh, Guy Pierce's uh, father Preston, I think, I believe his name was more of a prominent um, character, I believe, in the in the book than in the film. He was just a very just kind of set up a little bit of Guy Pierce's character, but that was that was basically it. But, but it really played some key parts into the film, as we'll talk about. Um, that yeah, later. I mean, I think uh, I think the legacy of his father certainly, you know, kind of dictates a lot of his actions and behaviors. Uh, but I think you know, ultimately, you know, as with the best adaptations, is uh, you know, you shouldn't necessarily rely on the book, meaning readers of the book, uh, going into your movie. Um, and you know, if you're lucky, you can kind of maybe for, you know, direct people out of your movie to the book. Um, but they should yeah. be standing alone on, on, on their own merits. And so, uh, watching this movie, I didn't necessarily jump to, I want to watch, read the book. Uh, but I don't think it hurts the movie in any capacity that it wasn't as faithful to the book as possible or as it, as it could have been, because ultimately the movie again, in my view, is, is really near perfection. I mean, there's very little I could, I, could, I could criticize about this movie. I think it's, it's fantastically put together. And if elements were taken or left out of a book, um, it, to me, uh, from a filmmaking experience, it doesn't really matter. You know, there are, uh, are other occasions where, again, like I watched the movie Jaws, then was like, I want to read this book. Uh, and the things that they cut out of the book, uh, I don't miss at all. And then there's other movies like uh, Fight Club as an example where I watched the movie and, oh, my gosh, I got to jump to the book. And the book and movie are so, to me, anyway, intrinsically linked that I actually don't always remember what was in the book versus what was in the movie because it plays so much uh, in the same, uh, you know, in the same uh, language, you know, uses the same, uh, the same voice. So it's, um, it's really a, a, a fascinating thing, the, uh, the art of adaptation. Well, luckily I don't read, so I don't really have that issue um, at all. Uh, other, I'm reading Jerry Seinfeld's latest book, so that's that's where I I save my reading for uh, the good stuff. Um, I do want to note though, because you, you mentioned like I know I've heard of this movie. Yeah, I, I remember it being around, uh, and of course Kim Basinger. Even though, as we, I think we, I feel like we've talked about this movie before, but she hasn't really been in a lot of films yet. Her name was really big. Uh, just a note though. The Library of Congress actually selected this film for preservation in the National Film Registry as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So um, that's big. The old NFR, uh, National Film Registry, everyone. So that's yeah, it's something. A, it's, a, it's a pretty great, uh, you know, distinction for, uh, and if you look at the movies that are in there, uh, it's a very wide variety. So I don't know exactly how much uh, prestige specifically is put on anything, but there is an idea that, that what it's trying to do is capture, capture, you know, the greatest American movies. Um, so not a minor in there. No, 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 no. La Last man standing was just on the cup. <laughs> it was right, you know, right on the, right on the edge. Uh, right. Willis Willis tried to petition for it, but all he did was whisper, and they couldn't hear him, so it didn't count. <laughs> uh, he squinted, uh, smirked, yeah. and whispered, and they just didn't get it. So, 
<laughs> don't you uh you know we're gonna sit down and watch moonlighting one of these days Let's see if it, you know see how far back it goes this uh, soft speaking squinting what's so strange about about bruce and and, and we won't <laughs> dive uh, dive too deep but uh in moonlighting certainly the first two seasons of it the guy is unbelievable he's immediately a superstar i watched that show and just went like yeah okay no wonder you're bruce willis mm-hmm. um but I don't exactly know, and I certainly don't want to watch the movies to, to get the trajectory. Uh, but somewhere <laughs> along the way, what became like charming at the introductory level and smooth and, you know, all of that uh, charisma really just turned into one trick pony. And I don't exactly know when, um, but it became pretty evident pretty quickly that this guy is, uh, is phoning it in. So. But um, I love moonlighting. If you want to watch, you want to go on a little moonlighting jag. I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> I think it's uh, safe to say there's a lot of lack of growth. In, I think in Bruce Bruce Willis's uh, um, career, and 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 kind of segue it in though. One guy that I find with with not the opposite almost is, is Kevin Spacey, a guy that can really play um, some really interesting roles. And um, well, I mean, more even Russell Crowe. Even I mean, this isn't this isn't Russell Crowe. Now, this chronologically would be before. This is his only kind of Hollywood um, crime. We watched a movie with him, I believe, him and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, The Nice Guys, years and years ago. Yeah, um, really liked that film. Really enjoyed it. Kind of had some uh, comparable uh, elements, I would say, to this film. Uh, You know, very different, of course, but some some comparable. I would uh, say it has absolutely nothing in common with it other than uh, he has a badge. But uh... <laughs> and it's in, it's in Hollywood, and there's a was it not a dead hooker in this one? Maybe not. Eh? <laughs> uh, I guess kind of, yeah. Um, you know, this was Russell Crowe's really like his first movie in the U.S. You know, he had kind of made a movie in Australia, I think Romper Stomper, and I had heard of that, but again, I had no idea who this guy was, and he's sort of introduced in this movie as a as a as a monster, like just as an animal, right from the yes. opening scene. You know, he just immediately you know, just walks in the, you know, up the driveway and, and, and destroys this guy's Christmas decorations. Uh, another actually, you know, the nice guys also takes place at Christmas. So, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they, they, it just was, uh, you know, here he is an animal immediately, right before any, any real thought. Um, I lied. I apologize. He was actually in a quick, the quick and the dead, uh, Sam Raimi, uh, Western and virtuosity yep. with, uh, I think, uh, Denzel, uh, before LA confidential, but this was his sort of biggest hit, um, to, to date. Biggest, and, and Guy I, Pierce, I think it was one of his earliest, uh, earliest, uh, American movies too. So, you know, you, you kind of have the benefit of this again, this cast is so great and has the benefit of not only being great, for its time uh but great in hindsight you know there's not a person that kind of comes on the screen that you haven't seen before in many other things you know they've all gone on uh just to you know arguably better movies but at the very least more movies you know they all kind of had came out of there with with careers guy pierce has basically never stopped working russell crowe never stopped working became a superstar won a best actor oscar you know, for three years after this, you know, nominated. I believe he won for Gladiator. 
Because I think that's uh, really where he peaked, right? Like that was really like this is Russell Crowe. This is this movie. I felt kind of kind of set him up, put him on the radar, and then Gladiator, Gladiator just put him right up there. Like this is his movie. He's the focus. He's um, yeah. I really think that's what really kind of. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I mean, he came out, he was in The the Insider uh, in 1999, which is a phenomenal Michael Mann movie uh, with Al Pacino and uh, Christopher Plummer. Um, and he was okay. amazing in that as well. And I, you know, I watched that movie in the theater with some excitement, in part because he had he had been such a, a powerful, uh, you know, a voice or face uh, in this movie. So uh, definitely a guy, and I would say I agree, like his sort of peak um would have been uh, g- uh gladiator absolutely yeah and not to say he hasn't made, made amazing films since uh, beautiful mind just comes to mind <laughs> um but um he, he's got a, a very solid career and, and we can see why and what I, I love about this movie uh, one of the things i love is just having this three story arc well three main kind of story arcs between uh, Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, and Guy Pierce, because they're all really, really different characters. Uh, you know, they all bring something out, uh, something new to the table. So when we don't have Kevin Spacey on screen, we have Russell. If we don't have Russell, we got Guy. If not, we have a secondary uh, people. We have uh, Danny DeVito, James Cromwell, as you know, I like. Uh, David Strather, I know you're a big fan, and I, I really enjoy his work too. Uh, Ronnie Rifkin, uh, uh, Matt McCoy from Seinfeld. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of um you know there's a there's a lot of like and a lot of meat i mean i don't yeah. know if cromwell is was playing an irishman or not he seemed to be playing an irishman half the time as dudley yeah, Smith. I, <laughs> I would say that uh you know in a, in a in a cast of of really really brilliant performances uh i found on this watch he was um, for lack of a better term, I would suggest the the weakest link. I, I found the accent, as you said, kind of came and went. I wasn't fully uh, invested in that. I found his dialogue, which you know I, I didn't really notice before, as being a problem. But he's so kind of wisecracking, you know, in a in a real dry way um, mm-hmm. that I, I found it a little uh, a little off putting, you know, right away, you know, sort of suggesting you know to guy pierce you haven't uh, the stomach for this and do you you know and and you know don't don't try doing the good thing now you 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 know you never started and you know like a lot of just these little quips with a, a mediocre i would suggest uh, irish accent so um yeah though i like the character and i certainly like the actor i i, I this particular watch i thought you know it's 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 grating it's not quite what i what i remembered it being i agree now Tell me, kind of sum this movie up for me before I go further. Like, this is like, give me the meat of it. It's uh, it's an, it takes place in Hollywood in the 1970s. I'm, no, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. We we jump all over the place in our decades. Now, yes. 1950s, um, I believe it's kind of like a a, a noir. I would say a crime noir film. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it is a a a noir. Um, you know, a neo-noir, someone might call it, the new, a new noir. Uh, but ultimately, it is the story of three cops uh, and a, basically a murder takes place at the, uh, the Night Owl Cafe. 
And in an effort to solve it, you know, you have three lead characters that each have their own skill set and their own talents. And the, in, in an effort to solve the case of the night owl, um, the three lead characters sort of take their personas and their interests. And it is, it all kind of envelops and inter intersects um, with their respective divisions and so forth. So it's a real fascinating tale because it, it it's constantly moving forward. Uh, you know, a movie that comes in just under two hours, but it's, it's a police procedural, but it, doesn't get bogged down in too much procedure and each character is so unique and interesting. I, I found that as, as do you, as your point, when you're following one, you're engrossed in that story, which only happens to be a piece of the whole story. And then when you're cutting to the next guy and the next guy, each is bringing their own sensibilities, their own characteristics, their own personalities and their own skills and performance. And you're getting another piece of the puzzle and another piece of the puzzle. And then you kind of converge all of those stories onto a, a grand sort of finale where, you know, you have to team up, you know, unlikely, uh, un unlikely teammates and heroes as they may be. So it becomes a, a real, uh, just a banger of a movie. I mean, to sum it up, it's just so darn good. And it, what it, it just puts all of that stuff together into a, a real compelling uh, and interesting movie. And you can't take your way, you can't take your eyes off of it. In my opinion, I just thought every time it cut away, I was like, yes, this is so good. And this scene happens and really fantastic. That's a lot coming from you. That's a lot coming from you. Keeping your eyes on it. Uh, <laughs> one thing, <laughs> and I, I, I agree. And one thing I kind of want you to comment on is, I feel like, for example, uh, Pierce Patchett, played by David Strathern, I feel like he was kind of almost, not a statue, but that's what word I'm going to choose to use, because you have each character kind of, he has interaction with Kevin Spacey, he has an interaction with each character, so you see almost each of those main characters go to him at some point in, this, in, in the movie. And it's just different every time because Kevin's bringing something different. Uh, his character, Guy's character's bringing something, but David's the same character, obviously, <laughs> The whole movie so i kind of like yeah. where you get to see the different uh, characters um have an approach uh with the, like I, again like same as um uh, lynn bracken played by kim uh she has interactions with russell's character and and guy's character so i like how they're station more of stationary characters where you have uh, wild jack and ed and, and bud kind of roamed around the streets trying to solve the murder ultimately right so uh sid hudgens played by danny devito so uh, uh how did you feel about kind of that character and how that kind of played into uh the film what was well, this I um, hush 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 on the qt i think uh you know devito is you know a bit of a potster right and what i love about this this movie is that each of those characters again just offers a nugget and a piece of the whole story and it isn't until everybody visits Sid Hutchins that the story is revealed. You know, you only get a shade of it. You know, you're introduced to him as, you know, Kevin Spacey, Jack Vincennes, you know, right-hand guy, you know? And so you think, okay, well, that's that relationship. That makes sense. Uh, but then he's, you know, you see him later and he's with 
Dudley or you see him and he's getting, uh, you know, beat up by Wendell and they're having their exchange, you know, and he's involved with Lynn and involved in, you know, and so he's, you know, a bit of a through line throughout similar to, as you said, Pierce Paget, uh, played by the amazing uh, David Strathairn, who just continues to, to light it up. The guy is, uh, is, is great in every role. And to your point, he's, again, he is interacting with these different angles because everybody's asking him a different question, which I think is, is part of the magic of this movie and the plot of this movie and the way that it's uh, intricately kind of put together is, you know, Wendell's only going or uh, uh, Bud, you know, Crow's character is only going to look after uh, Leffitz, you know, the, the murdered call girl. But eventually Jack is going because he's got relationships with Matt, you know, who he's got his own sort of uh, uh, questions about. Right. And then Ed Exley is going because of Lynn and, you know, and so everybody's got a different shade and a different angle to it. They're only seeing a fraction of what as an audience we're piecing together. Um, and I think it just makes for, again, super compelling, not only super, super compelling movie and certainly uh, compelling structure, um, but I think from uh, compelling performances, you know, you've got a real opportunity to play one angle of a scene and then loop back because you've got now as, as a character more information now that you've, you know, dug into this or heard that or, heard, or you know, been involved in that that your next interaction with that character becomes even more targeted or even more heated or even more um, introspective. Right. And I, I think it's just a, it's, it's so brilliantly structured uh, that everything about it just seems to work for me. And, and, and you get, and you get the great performances out of that because the writing is so, so strong and the characters are so defined. I really like how the movie amps up too, as you, you know, as you progress through, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good to say it's a fun ride. It's a, there's so many different directions it goes and, and you, you got, you, you, there's no point at no point where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, that's this, this is kind of dragging on a little bit, uh, for a movie that's two eighteen, you think that's going to happen at least once or twice throughout the film. And I really feel like it didn't because, because of, uh, all the different characters and all kind of the story and, and, and how well it was written and, and, and once it just, it just started picking up, it, it would just pick up momentum. Um, even uh, there's no moment where it was really slowing down. And if it did start to slow in a little bit, it was pretty immediate where, the, where it amped up again. So I think uh, it doesn't suffer from anything like that. And I think I'm glued to the screen mostly with Kevin Spacey. Uh, he is just great on screen. Uh, this is really, uh, he's got a lot of good movies around, this time is that safe to say, Phil? When when was he um, really at the top of his game? Was this earlier for him? Well, he in '95 he won a Best Supporting Actor, and in '99 he won a Best Actor. So it's right between Oscars. Okay. But I think again, you know, his the the timeline of this guy is of this guy's career is staggering from a perspective of, at least for movies that I love, uh, in 92, he's doing Glengarry Glen Ross. In 92, he's also doing Consenting Adults with uh, Alan J. Pakula. 
94 is The Ref, which is just a, one of, a, a Christmas movie I love. 94 also, Swimming with Sharks, which is just a great movie. Suspects in 95, Outbreak in 95, Seven in 95, uh, A Time to Kill in 96, L.A. Con in 97, Negotiator 98, Hurley Burley 98, American Beauty 99, and The Big Kahuna in 99. So that basically seven years, he bangs out like at least 10 at least quality, if not amazing, like fantastic mm -hmm. movies. I would say almost every one of those I mentioned is worth a watch, in some cases worth many more. Now, post-2000 and that, and that Oscar, um, he didn't make much that I particularly enjoyed. Um, yeah. Uh, so kind of an interesting pivot point. But, but for those sort of six or seven years, I first saw him in Glengarry, and I was like, this, this guy's great. So Yeah, and Hollywood... You know, who really knows what goes on in Hollywood with uh, there's a lot of weird personalities. There's a lot of uh, rumors. There's a lot of crazy things that go on. What's true? What's not? Um, it's sad oh, to see how it, was, it is. It's really sad to see how his career ended. But and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not really. But I am always curious because when I see I see elements of what happens to them in real life. And I'll use kind of a, a weird example, but. Uh, look at Paul, uh, the death of Paul Walker, just as okay. an example. You know, he's he's in um, Fast and Furious, and he dies mm -hmm. in a fast, like in a car crash, like speeding. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of that that goes on in, in, in Hollywood of interesting kind of ways that a role in, of what they've done is kind of bleeds into their personal life somehow. And I find that very kind of strange. And I, even I see this a little bit with Kevin Spacey with uh, with the interaction with um i think he, he was an actor or waiter or, or someone in the movie um going to see ron rifkin's character mm -hmm. um, so i thought that was kind of weird as well but i mean again who's who's to say like i i don't i don't pretend to know what really goes on in hollywood i just i just do want to say i i, I as kevin as a as an actor like in as a professional i think just brings something really good to the screen and uh, how his character in this movie, um, again, we're going to talk about each character, like how they kind of changed throughout the film. And I, I love that his progression specifically, probably the favorite out of my three, uh, just how he started out as the, uh, the Hollywood, like really like doing this for, um, for the, uh, the glamour, for the, for the fame sort of thing, as he got, uh, has some deals with uh, Danny DeVito's character to, have some set up uh, drug takedowns to get some cool publicity and, and things like that. So, and he's taking money for it, you know, like that. So, and then he just kind of gets really interested in solving the crime as you, as the movie progresses. And really, as you, as you said, when you open up the, uh, our episode, he forgets why he wanted to be a cop in the first place. So he does some soul searching uh, uh, throughout the film and really, I love where it goes. Um, it's, it's, sad where the character ends up but i think i think it was necessary for uh, for the movie but uh, i just I, I loved watching it and i just i would watch it again just to watch kevin spacey because i just i got a lot of respect for for the the art uh, the the art that he brings and of course not the same thing uh, guy pierce again big fan i think we might eventually visit one of his movies at some point as well uh, i know we've seen memento and that's that's his movie more or less right so that's that's guy pierce uh, and that's a tough role I think in a movie like that to play a movie in a movie that's kind of backwards. And I don't know if it, for those who have seen Memento, 
uh, the, the, what the script asks, it would be a challenge. And I think he does a bang up job on that as well. And then Russell Crowe, we've already talked about. So uh, I want to ask you how, which character did you like most out of the top three, how their story kind of uh, changed from, from beginning to end that really kind of piqued your interest maybe this time, or have you kind of focused on different characters as you've watched, obviously have watched it a few times. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, part of the joy of watching movies multiple times is you do get different perspectives along the way. So, but I, I, I mean, I'll say that certainly the one consistent is, uh, you know, and again, um, Kevin Spacey, you know, it, it goes without saying that, uh, very talented actor, uh, it goes with saying absolute monster. But um, <laughs> um, but a performance uh, in this, as I said, I'd already been been kind of clued into his his talent, and watching him in '97, and uh, even still uh, in 2021, uh, just magical uh, the depth that he can give this character, and like you said, the arc that again that uh, Curtis Hansen and Brian Helgeland give each of these characters in their writing um, an opportunity to grow, to develop, to uh, a, a change perspective, to, uh, you know, uh, blow apart and come together um, is really skillful uh, and made even, even more uh, or, you know, the appearance of the skill even, even easier because the, the talent of, of the actors are so, so defined. So, uh, you know, the, the character of Bud White, I find is, from a character perspective, the least compelling, you know, going from, you know, uh, again, introduced as this sort of monster, this muscle, you know, he's got dreams of being a detective, but, you know, working cases, you know, he's sort of eager to, to actually like be a cop, but, uh, you know, uh, Dudley doesn't, doesn't quite trust him for that, you know, needs him for the muscle. Uh, his growth into, you know, ultimately some sort of retiree going to, you know, Ohio with uh, Lynn. Um, that growth and that progression, I don't know, is is maybe as, as earned or as deep as the other two. But I do think that what ends up playing out in, in his character is he gets to be a detective. You know, so even though emotionally doesn't necessarily grow too much or as a character, I don't necessarily love sort of his culmination, let's say. But in working these cases, you know, it shows himself at the very least that he can, right? He's not just the muscle. He can think, he can, you know, he's got a brain, he can put it together. So uh, that was nice, but I found a little less than compelling. Exley introduces the sort of up-and-comer, uh, eager, uh, driven, um, you know, bit of a Boy Scout you know, a bit of a Tom Clancy situation or a, um, Jack Ryan. I forgot the Jack Ryan. That's who it is. Uh, uh, a bit of him, but like a real Boy Scout type. And you watch him basically grow into the shadier and not a bad, you know, always a cop first and foremost, but, all, but, but a little bit more willing to uh, blur the lines that at the beginning he was so adamant that he never would. Um, so that one I found really interesting. And again, a performance that is excellent, but an ability to, to put together a character that is so squeaky clean and defiant of the 
the label, you know, of a cheat, as it were, um, and answering no to all Dudley's questions around, you know, would you plant evidence or would you shoot a guy in the back or would you, you know, in order to to solidify a conviction. And by the end, you see him, his de-evolution is actually uh, better off. I think, you know, as a, as an, as an audience, you know, you want them to be a little bit great because you want the bad guys to get, to get what's coming to them. And just on about Spacey again, just to spit, just a little, you put a little button on, on his performance. It's staggering to me how good he is from minute one. Um, as Jack, he's got a look, he's got a suave, he's got a, a whole demeanor that tells you everything you need to know in one look and a costume and a whole demeanor persona and you watch that over time and he really goes down a, a, a bit of a rabbit hole emotionally you know he's sort of kicked off he's kind of you know he's thinking everything's kind of smooth and then gets a bit of a conscience thanks to Hutchins and this this kid they're trying to set him up to to get take a so Jack can get a payoff and the looks he just gives at these moments of doubt and desperation and questioning decisions and choices of his life it's so it's it's just so authentic and feels so real and sad that uh each time it comes out from the scene in the bar where he's kind of giving up the 50 bucks that he got to try and settle it sees the kid and you just see a breakdown in his face to the scene i alluded to earlier where he's trying to where guy pierce has one of his you know best scenes i would suggest where he's talking about why he got to, you know, why he wanted to be a cop and the, the guys that get away with it and trying to, to, um, you know, for justice, you know, and he asks Jack and, and Jack in, in all earnestness can't remember because he's been so caught up in the life, the Hollywood Jack, you know, the, the persona and the veneer. And that scene is incredibly powerful. And, uh, and even down to, to, to Jack's demise, uh, which I did not see coming when I first saw the movie. Um, <laughs> no, me neither. It was a bit of a shock. But the way he plays that scene is fantastic. You know, he's trying to make amends, you know, and we talk a, a little bit around, you know, in our Royal Tenenbaums episode, you know, uh, Royal is like, uh, you know, can a guy be a shit his whole life and try and make it better in the end or something to that effect? And that's kind of what Jack's vibe is. You know, yeah. he's... He's trying to make amends. He's kind of been uh, neglectful, let's say, of his duties. And he got a guy killed in a roundabout way and feels some responsibility for it and wants to make amends. So uh, as a character, as a performance, uh, it's top to bottom. It's phenomenal. I, I, I can't say enough about it. Well, don't. Um, <laughs> uh I think to add on to first Bud White, um, I think for that character, I agree. I think that just needed more time and the movie just didn't have time um, to Fair really much. get to peel away a couple extra layers they probably could have. And that's fine. I think that's why he comes, it comes across a little bit as, uh, as uh, not uh, as much as the other two. Uh, so I think, um, that's what I. That's what I'm getting from that. And uh, and to Kevin, um, Kevin, I think really nails the eye acting. Like as yeah. as you said, uh, as you said, uh, 
you know, in just one look, you know, like it, you just get so much emotion. I think that's, he just really, there's some actors that have really have a whole career uh, on, on eye acting uh, and uh, quite the opposite of, 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 of theater. Right. So it's, sure. it's really, uh, I don't know if he did any theater as well. And, and that's not, he's not limited to that. He's just very good at that. He has he's good at other parts of, of, of acting and the, the physical other physical qualities as well. Uh, but he really has that down and it really shows in this movie and probably other ones as well that I, just, I haven't I haven't watched um, him lately. Because as you said, like his, his fine career was between nine, you know, like ninety five and two thousand, right? That's where he, he really, 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 really shines. So uh, again, those three guys just make this again. To use your word, a banger of a film. And then when you just add on, like uh, David and James and Danny, and because uh, I know these guys, so I can call them by their first name. Of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jack Conley, as you know, I'm a big fan. I believe his name is. So, <laughs> and then you have Graham Beckel who played Dick Stenslin, which I did not like that character, but that's the point of that character. Uh, yeah. Anyone, I mean, it didn't really need, you know. I don't know. I could have been. Wasn't really. You just say, hey, do be this kind of a guy. Okay, I'll be that kind of guy. Uh, that was portrayed. I don't think it really was amazing or anything like that. But it made it clear, and it was interesting to see how each character, main character, dealt with loyalty to their partner, loyalty to the police force, and loyalty to the truth. And they all have a different kind of take. Where Russell's character, of course, is um, my, part, my partner, my partner, my partner. I will not. Uh, my partner can kill somebody in front of me, and I will will keep quiet about it. I'll, you know, take it to my grave. And where Guy Pierce is like trying to get ahead in his career, and he'll he'll be the most hated guy in the precinct. He doesn't give a shit about what any of his coworkers think of him. And I loved how that worked into the movie, and how his relationship and Kevin's relationship kind of intertwined at the end and then they kind of teamed up. I love that part of the, uh, of the film. And then, uh, you know, how Kevin was more about, uh, at least at the beginning about his image and just, you know, making a few extra bucks and, and he, and things like that. So I, I love those elements of the movie. And then you add the little story arcs of Ron, Ron Rifkin as the DA. Um, I like Paul uh, Guilfoyle, uh, Mickey Cohen, uh, obviously yep. not a huge role in this film, just kind of sets things up a little bit though, nicely to kind of yeah. give us some kind of an overall uh, idea of what's going on here. And you really got to, if you're not paying attention to that, you won't really get what James Cromwell's character is really doing right uh, <laughs> at all. If you don't really have that. And I mean, Paul played a great um, for years on CSI, right? Like this guy, he's, he's, he's a fun guy to watch. I, I really enjoy him. I'm not saying he has this huge range of characters, but he's just a, uh, I like seeing him. He's always, he's a friendly face, I think. For me, uh, yeah. just to, to see him uh, on there, um, I thought David yeah. Strathairn playing Pierce Patchett. Uh, I, I've I've seen him play better roles. It's smaller and better. I loved him in. Uh, I, I always get this wrong. Uh, good luck and good night, or good night. Good night, good luck. Right. Basically, right. You're basically right. You got all the right <laughs> words. You got all the right yeah. words. This time. But uh, I thought that was probably his best movie I've seen. I, and you know, I loved him in Memphis Bell for that eight second scene. He was in for more than eight seconds, but there's eight seconds that said, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Right. Uh, yeah. So um, I really have him uh, after watching those movies kind of first or being more fresh in my mind, 
probably had him pretty high up on the pedestal. And I kind of felt this brought it down for me a little bit, to be honest, as Pierce Patchett, not to say he didn't play the role well. I just really had him high up there after um, seeing him in those other films. And I'm curious to see him. He was in what? Sneakers? Is that correct? Sneakers. He's great in. Uh, he's great in uh, Limbo. He's wonderful in Eight Men Out. He's just great in oh, everything so he does. You're right. We did watch Eight Men Out. Um, that was probably the first movie I'd seen him in, actually. So I'd have to revisit that. I think we watched Sneakers as well. So it's another movie I'd be uh, is probably worth uh, a revisit as well. Uh, but talk, just to touch on a little bit of the female lead, Kim Basinger, ba- ba- Bas- oh Basinger, uh, not a well-known actress. <laughs> um, and I think we talked about this before. Kim was in uh, Batman uh, nine and a half years or nine and a half months or weeks, something with uh, Alec Baldwin. They were married, I believe. She's in point. the getaway with Alec Baldwin in nine and a half weeks with Mickey Rourke. Oh, Mickey. Yes, Mickey Rourke. Yes, right. <laughs> um, but she was a huge name in Hollywood. And yeah. I, again, maybe I'm missing something. She wasn't in a lot of films. And I don't think, in my opinion, which isn't worth a lot, I don't think this was worth Oscar nomination. Uh, now, I don't know what the competition was this year. And she was fine. But I just I didn't like I didn't think it really didn't stand out to me. Uh, I want to kind of hear your opinion on on Kim's performance and and how you feel how you felt about it. If you don't mind, uh, I was uh, less than impressed. I, I I never found her to be a particularly interesting actress. Um, okay. I really enjoyed Batman, but she was not any particular. You know, didn't necessarily have a lot going for her. You know what I mean? And it like, uh, you know, she's, you know, I like in nine and a half weeks. It's certainly a, a flashy role. Uh, Batman is Vicky Vale. She's just the love interest. You know, she's fine in that role, but isn't something that's like, you know, shaking my world or any of that nature. Uh, she looks great in the getaway, but beyond that, yeah, never really had a career that, that really did much for me and her competition in the best supporting actors category was uh, Joan Cusack for in and out. Uh, Mini Driver uh, in Goodwill Hunting, uh, Gloria Stewart uh, for Titanic, playing uh, old uh, Rose, and um, whom I thought should win is Julianne Moore uh, for Boogie Nights, which is uh, an incredible, incredible performance, uh, full of depth and and uh, and just a great, great, great performance. So uh, even then, uh, I was disappointed that she was the one that got the Oscar. Um, I thought it was. Um, you know, an okay performance, but but nothing much. Uh, I don't think she did she did uh, a, a whole heck of a lot um, in the role, um, other than being the sort of connective tissue to the three main characters, um, and obviously to the plot. But a performance uh, was okay, but nothing uh, nothing stellar. I didn't find too much of interest uh, in terms of the you know the general plot. Do you have any particular scenes? Uh, that stick out to you as being, we've talked a lot about actors. Do you, do you, do you have any particular scenes that stick out as being uh, compelling or interesting? Uh, one of the more compelling ones uh, I like was, uh, again, Kevin and um, Guy Pierce when their um, kind of partnership uh, began. Uh, I love that scene, the, the, the revelation of uh, Tomasi. Is that correct? Tomasi? Rolo Tomasi, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was probably a, a, a scene that really uh, stands out to me. Really like that scene. Uh, I enjoyed the sequence of the, you know, trying to catch who they thought were the killers. Um, and how were, how that kind of played out. Uh, I really enjoyed that. We got to see uh, Jean-Paul from the, Seinfeld. Uh, these are the, the killers you're talking about, the uh, the black kids that they sort of uh, yeah. turned the night owls on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. And I also enjoy. I did enjoy a couple of James Cromwell scenes, uh, scenes uh, when he's interacting with with Guy Pierce. Uh, you know those those scenes in the room. Uh, I really liked. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of how they kind of took the last, like the last stand. I guess I want. I want to say, sure, uh, it was fine. But I mean, it's just, you know, I guess I was kind of. I was amped. I was amped up for more. I think because uh, I say this, this movie does amp up, and I just kind of thought that uh, uh, it kind of peaked a little bit or too early for me to that. I thought I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, uh, but I, I don't. Like, just it's such a, it's it's a, a well flow movie that flows well. Uh, uh, I mean, a couple of scenes with David Strathern were nice, but there's not a whole lot that that really stood out to me. It all kind of blended in nicely. There wasn't any weak scenes, you know what I mean? So it's harder for the other scenes for me to talk about because there's nothing really low. So I kind of enjoyed it all. But uh, let me ask you the same question just to kind of refresh my memory if I, one that I may have missed that I really liked. Well, I mean, I loved uh, the interrogation uh, once they once they got the, uh, the three black kids. I loved Exley. And they're kind of yes. watching him, you know, like it's like his chance to sort of show off a little bit and where he's kind of working room to room to room, hitting the three, you know, by flicking the, the microphone and the speaker, you get an ability to sort of play the three off each other. You know, like he said, you're a sissy. I'm not a sissy. I'm going to, you know, and so I really love that and how it's presented uh, again from a perspective of actually is showing off everybody's kind of gathered around to watch it happen Dudley's kind of smirking throughout you know uh, I loved uh, that scene and I love the the actors I love the three actors uh, playing the, the the criminals or at least the perceived criminals and you really get a sense that it's it's the first crack in the overall case which I, I also again certainly upon a rewatch but mm-hmm. you know you really get the sense of it you know, and that kid, you know, just crying out over and over again, you know, she don't die, so I don't die. She don't die, so I don't die. Um, about a completely different case, you know, but uh, they're so wanting to sort of put it into this, you know, close up the night owl. And 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 so Exley getting the award and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I liked all the, the Exley stuff that sort of shows this sort of star on the rise. Um, and then that, that makes the scenes later like the the big um, blow up with him and Russell Crowe, the big fight scene uh, and ending, you know, Russell Crowe sort of putting it right to him directly. You know, are you, you sure you want to tear, you know, tear this down? You know, you, the, the night owl made you. And he says like with a wrecking ball, you know, like, I just want to tear this. This is, you know, now that I know the truth, you know, I just want to tear this whole goddamn thing down, you know? And I, I, I was, I just loved those, those two scenes in particular, um, again, we talked about Jack in the bar. It's a very small, short scene, not even dialogue, but just uh, tells yeah. you that story. And I also really love when, when actually goes in and starts bitching to, to uh, John Stompanato and, uh, and Lana Turner 
and how he doesn't know that it's Lana Turner and he's just like, you know, yeah. he's just some hooker that, you know, got cut to make to look like. And he's like, no, 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 that actually is Lana Turner. He's, they yeah. go outside and they kind of share a laugh, you know? And so in this movie that certainly Guy Pierce's character of, of, of uh, Exley is portrayed and written to be so rigid, so stiff, so by the book, so de- definitive, you know, uh, to give him that opportunity to kind of laugh a little bit, uh, you know, at himself, you know, uh, is I think a really uh, powerful little, little, little nugget on that scene. Uh, and um, I, those are ones that I, you know, the, 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 the final stand uh, is, is a little bit, you know, my biggest problem with it, I actually don't mind much of it other than, uh, you know, how many clips, which we asked about, uh, you know, uh, in the <laughs> yes. last movie, um, <laughs> you know, uh, how many bullets in a clip, but also um, I do kind of enjoy the, the only thing I really don't like about it. Cause I, I do like Exley's kind of reversal of fortune. I like the sort of understanding he and Dudley almost make quietly around. Okay. You know what? let's get out of here. We know how we're going to play this, you know? Um, so I respected that. I liked that a lot, but uh, the gunshot to Russell Crowe's character in the face, I thought this is just a step too far. He's already gotten two hits or two shots in his arm or shoulder is, you know, whatever the case. Um, I don't need the one through his cheek. And I think that's a, a little too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It didn't, didn't, didn't elevate anything for me. Uh, this movie, I, I mean, in general, has a for me anyway has a lot of good scenes, not a lot of great scenes, but a lot of good scenes and very few poor scenes. You know what I mean? So, and that's good. So it's, it's uh, it keeps you it keeps you level, you know. Uh, but I, what I want to say is, I really enjoyed when you had two out of the three characters. Um, sure. on the screen at once i find those scenes uh for obvious reasons elevated ever so slightly and you see more of those i think towards the you know towards the end when they both go to visit um i think they both go to visit anyways <laughs> well i think that's, that's one of the that's one of the beauties of this type of story structure right again you've got three characters seemingly working three different cases that end up interconnecting and there and then three people that don't like him right like there's that scene where you know dudley warns actually you know best not go near him when his blood is up and actually is like well his blood's always up which <laughs> in which dudley then says well then just stay away from him altogether <laughs> you know just just like yeah. don't touch him right and jack is you know he's up on the tv vibe so don't get down in the dirt with with the rest of the the cops right so everybody starts off from these three very disparate points of view and then through circumstance are forced into a reliance, into a team, into, you know, Jack and Exley are doing their thing and then Bud and Exley have to do their thing based on the information that Jack got. And, you know, like, like when they're both going to the talk to the coroner, you know, yeah, I was gonna mention uh, that, yeah. they get an, inf- you know, information, but Jack only hears it and gets only so far with it. But then Bud hears it and puts it together. Oh, shoot. Well, that matched with what Jack said or what, what Exley said. I now have the whole puzzle. You know, I need to go deal with this or that, you know, and similarly with, uh, 
with Jack and his pieces. So I do like it when they team up. I think it's a, it's a exciting. And again, like you said, just ratchets it up a little bit more, you know, you kind of get the stakes a little higher. How'd you feel about the overall score of the, uh, of the film? Love the score. I also want to take a minute to talk about, we'll, we'll go back to the score in just a second, but I love the score. Uh, but more importantly, I loved uh, the cinematography. Dante Spinotti, uh, as a director of photography, worked with Michael Mann a lot. Um, uh, just fantastic. The guy, the colors in this movie, the shots, the the uh, the composition is just fantastic. And particularly the use of light and shadows in that final sequence, uh, I thought is uh, is excellent. And I love the score. Talk to me about the score. What are your, what are your thoughts? Oh no, it's fine. I just uh, I know that's something that we all we both like. I think it was um, didn't blow me away, but unlike it wasn't like Last Man Standing, where I'm like, this is annoying. Oh yeah, <laughs> stop, yeah. stop, please. Stop. <laughs> so no, I thought it was yeah, fine I... for the for the era. For the era. Um, I would agree with uh, with what you said about the um, the um, what do you call it? The cinematographer? The, uh, I can never say that word. I'm not going to attempt it. Director um, of photography? It might be a little uh, easier for you. <laughs> From what I understand, they actually used a, a lot of their filming, what they used modern day. Um, from what I understood, though you wouldn't know. So I, I think that as a credit to, to, you know, adding all the, doing the lighting properly, doing all these other elements properly where you can't tell, like where some of it might have looked like it was more uh, like 90s brat background so i just uh, i read something quickly about that that was uh, um along those lines so i think that's just a credit to to how well they put the movie together and, and shot their shots so uh, kudos to them certainly i mean the guy the 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 person that did the score jerry goldsmith he is just again one of those one of those phenomenal phenomenal musicians or, or you know composers he did uh, Rocky. He did uh, Poltergeist. He did uh, Star Trek movies. Um, did Gremlins. Uh, just a, a staggering list of of of, uh, of credits. And I, I think uh, I love the music to this uh, to this movie. Um, pretty great. Yeah, as I, as I, as I thought you would. And that's why uh, that's why I asked really. Yeah. And there was another I want to just touch on a little briefly here. They did make a, a, a video game, you know, sort of uh, many years after this oh. movie. Um, they put out a video game that isn't specifically based on this movie, but Rockstar Games, the guy that did, the guys that did uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, and Red Dead Redemption, did uh, a game called L.A. Noir, which basically does a rotoscoping type of, uh, of motion capture, like real actors performing. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it basically is this you know type of setting. It's it's uh, L.A. in the fifties, uh, and cops uh, doing their doing their thing. It's a pretty good game, pretty quick to finish, but uh, not a lot of replay value, but very solid. So it's definitely a a, a genre and a time period that uh, is rife with uh, opportunity. Television series and so Absolutely. forth. Absolutely. Um, just so the film was mostly shot on location, despite being a period piece, is kind of what I was alluding to. Um, this, oh. uh, there's a TV show called Dragnet, which I really like. That was set somewhere uh, in that world as well. So, anyways, that's what it's kind of alluding to. Yeah, um, well, Bad Bonner is a little bit like that for sure. Yeah. 
about like well thanks phil um my final thoughts i'll share is uh enjoy the film for the second time i I, i'm probably looking forward to watching it uh probably at least one more time just to kind of uh, focus on some other characters as well see what the you know more to discover yeah i think it rewards uh you know repeated watches i think uh the story is unique enough and kind of, uh, again, intricately plotted enough that there's always something to kind of glean from it. I love it. I still do. And uh, I'll watch it uh, probably a dozen more times before it's all over. All right. Stay tuned. I got Clerks uh, Clerks from 94 coming up next week. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Haven't seen it in years. Good. All right. <laughs> all right. Bye, folks. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>